Awesome. Well, welcome, everyone. Let's put our hands together for those here for the first time. We love it. We really want to say we're glad you're here. Listen, you can steal that applause if it's your second, third, or fourth, but once it's your fifth time, no more. Okay, okay. We do want to say we're really, really glad that you're here, um, all of you. And I'm excited today to, to preach a message that, um, listen, it's been lingering for a couple weeks now. It's funny how the Lord works. I got this before Christmas, so let's hope it still works, okay? But Numbers chapter 13, I, uh, I haven't started with a little piece of humor in a while. You know, we did Christmas at the movies in December. So that movie time, that movie moment, got to steal all my humor thunder. And uh, I feel I've been limited in that. And so I wanted to bring that back today just briefly. For those of you who've never heard a joke by me, I just want to apologize beforehand. I just want to get out ahead of that and say that this may be the thorn in your flesh. But nonetheless, a few minutes before service started, a group had gathered and were sitting in their pews, talking, excited. They'd been praying. The place was packed. The church was packed, ready for service. Suddenly, Satan appeared at the front of the church. Everyone started screaming and running for the front entrance, trampling each other in a frantic effort to get away from evil incarnate. Soon, everyone had exited the church except for one elderly lady who sat calmly in her pew without moving, seeming oblivious to the fact that God's ultimate enemy was in her very presence. So Satan walked up to the older lady and said, Don't you know who I am? She replied, Yep, I sure do. Aren't you afraid of me? Satan asked. Nope, I sure ain't, the lady responded. Don't you realize I can kill you with a word? Asked Satan. I don't doubt that for one minute, returned the old lady in an even tone. Did you know that I could cause you profound, horrifying physical agony for all eternity, persisted Satan? Yep, was the calm reply. And you're still not afraid? Nope. More than a little perturbed, Satan asked, well, why aren't you afraid of me? The lady calmly replied, I've been married to your brother for the last 48 years. <laughs> so if it is your first through fifth time, please come back. Please come back. Just <laughs> Oh, I really am glad that you're here. Also, if it is um, your first time or you have been coming for a while, you're, you're in a, a good spot this Sunday. Right after service, if you're interested, we have our newcomer's lunch. We'd love to throw that out for you. Uh, it's going to be a great time together. You meet some of our leaders, have a short meal together, and I'll cast a little vision about who we are as a church. But that's today, okay? So uh, it's right after service upstairs in our cafe. We'd love, love for you to be there. Today, though, uh, I'm excited. Numbers 13 will be there uh, periodically, but the title of the message will give a sense of the direction I'm going to be heading in uh, today. And here's the title of the message. <clears throat> Stepping into what you're speaking into. So I just want to take a moment and break that down so 
uh, any of you that did not get that the first time, we'll repeat it. Stepping into what I've been speaking into. I want to talk about the influence and the power of our words. It's easier to speak into our past at times than it is our present and especially our future. So my hope today is to equip you in taking some ground in your life. Words, despite what you heard, aren't cheap. Words are an investment that we are speaking into ourselves and to others. And how many of you know, huh, sometimes when you say something, it ain't coming back. You ever seen the toothpaste illustration? It's when somebody's talking on words and they squeeze and the toothpaste comes out. How many of you know you can't get that toothpaste back in that bottle? Some of you are going to go home and try it. It ain't going to happen. Similar, our words have tremendous influence over our lives. All the studies show that uh, no matter how shy or quiet we may be, irrespective of that, all of us are saying at the very least somewhere around 7,000 words a day. On the higher end of the spectrum, some of y'all, you know who you are, you're saying about 30,000 words a day. And I just want to say there's grace for you too. I want you to think about this, though, stepping into what I have been speaking into. Have you ever experienced saying some things and suddenly stepping into them? Like you rolled over, got up, and had a bad day, and the coffee did not arrive quick enough, and you spoke some things. And quite literally, the entire environment of your home changed. Whether that's a roommate, whether that's a spouse, whether that's with your kids, whether that's with your workplace. What are you experiencing that moment? You're experiencing the wake of your words. Well, how about this? The weight of your words. And I just want to simply ask you, are you being kind to your future? Are you being faith-filled toward your future? Well, we talk about who you are in five years. Forget that. Who are you in five days? Who are you in five minutes? Irrespective of it, your words are tremendously influential. And words are connected. Here's where the weight comes from. They're connected to the heart. And so our words are leaving a paper trail. Come on, you ever said something? You said it in confidence? And that person happened to post it? Words have influence. How about this? You ever been influenced in a good way by somebody's words? Had your boss or an employee, if you are the boss, come alongside and just, you don't know why. They had no idea what was going on. They just looked you in the eye and said, you matter. Thank you. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for your effort. Thank you for showing up time and time again. Thank you for your care. You're good. You're good. I'll tell you what, I still get goosebumps. It happens all the time, but after a good meal, our daughters, 
Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Little words make it a world of difference. I want to speak specifically in the region of your future. Initially, well, how did this message start? Initially, this message started with my words, my year. If you prefer, you can write that at the top of your notes as well. But there is something strategic about our words. And I want to say in a culture that is inundated more than ever with the lines of communication, while that is a good thing, it also can uh, uh, situate us or posture us to become casual to the words we are speaking over ourselves, to the words we're speaking over others. Well, I didn't really mean it. You sure? Well, that wasn't what I intended. You sure? Well, I didn't think it was that important. It is. It's the influence of our words. And as followers of Christ, Paul doesn't let us off the hook. In Ephesians chapter 4, Numbers 13 is coming, but in Ephesians chapter 4, he writes, and he's not like, you know, here's just, take it or leave it. That's sometimes how we approach scripture. Take it or leave it. Depending on the conversation. No. Paul gives us instruction. Do not let, what, what, what's the next word? I need it loud and I need it proud. Three, two, one. Any, any, any. But, but what if it's, what if it's helpful? No, chances are it's not. But, but what if I'm just concerned? No. Don't let any unwholesome, any unwholesome, any unwholesome, even over your own life and over your future, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But here's the kicker. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not my needs, their needs, considering others ahead of myself, their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I came passionate today on a bit of a mission today because some of you are being casual about your future. Some of you don't realize what you are speaking is what you're stepping into. And if you want to break the cycle... You've got to practice, practice the words you're saying. You've got to consider there's no empty words in this world. There's no casual conversation. There's joy, there's fun, there's jokes, of course. Not good ones, but they're out there. There's happiness, peace, all these things that our words can do and form. But we have to live intentionally, on purpose, on mission, and understand that our words matter. And many times we're stepping into, most of the time we're stepping into what I'm speaking into. Our words have great power. And I wonder, are we building up our future with the words that we're saying? I wonder, I speak for myself as well. There have been seasons where my words have revealed my heart. And my words were not building up my future. They were tearing down my future. 
Sometimes when we approach spiritual disciplines, we can think of fasting as maybe this ultimate discipline. We can think of prayer as the ultimate discipline. The greatest spiritual discipline is the state of your heart. State of your heart. State of your heart determines how you pray. State of your heart determines how you fast. State of your heart determines how you speak. One of the quickest, quickest, quickest ways to move forward spiritually is to get a hold of your words. Understand that your words have weight. Understand that it takes practice. I don't know about y'all. Some of you are super holy. You got it right away. Other of us, we need a little bit of length of time. After we got saved and surrendered and coming to life in Christ, uh, Jesus knew what he was getting into, and we thank God for his patience because we spent decades practicing negativity. We spent decades speaking problems. We spent decades speaking fear. We spent decades uttering what our family of origin and the family before them, the family before them, and the family before them. And we bypassed Christ, went all the way straight back to Adam, and Jesus is like, hello, I'm in your lineage. You're in a new family with new DNA. If you want to take your future, you got to get a hold of the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so God is inviting us in this year, in this season, to step into what he has for us. But don't miss it. There's always a process to the blessing he has in and over our life. There's always, always partnership in the kingdom of God. And sometimes the very prayer requests we're asking, God's like, start declaring. Start speaking my word. Start speaking my truth. Quit being overwhelmed by fear. Quit living confused. Get in my word. Trust me, if I said it, you can take it for granted. We've got to lean into the words of the Lord because the noise outside of these four walls is loud. The distractions are redunculous. I mean, I was just reading a book on what you should or should not eat. And in one of the rabbit trails, the author, he goes back a few decades and he says, did you know, this is a little, this is free information, and I'm not gonna, this is no charge for this. He said that in the 60s, there were 12,000 items in a grocery store. That's a lot, right? That's in the 60s. And here we are, and he said all these decades later, there's over 72,000 items in the grocery store. We got choices. But with choices come distractions. And fear is not going to show up dressed in red with a little curl tail with a point on the end and a big stick. No. It's going to show up when the seed of God drops in your spirit like a dream, like a promise, like a word over your life. And then it's going to all of a sudden reveal all the giants in the land. That is the tension we live in as believers. And we have to be cautious with the words that are coming out over our future.
over our children, over our spouse, for some of you, over your grandchildren. You've practiced well in pointing out problems, but my, my invitation is practice well declaring faith over the situations and circumstances. And if you're wondering, when is this message tested? This is the easy ground. It's tested when we leave those, <laughs> those doors. We get back in our car from what we listen to, to what we watch, to what we meditate on, to the words that we speak. We've got to be careful. So Numbers 13, I promised you we'd get there. We'd get there. Here's the, here's the stage. Let me set the stage. Let me set the stage. Israel, Israel has been delivered, y'all. Praise God. That's a good day. Israel has been delivered from Egypt. I mean, miracle upon miracle upon miracle. Someone ought to write a song, A Million Little Miracles. It is unreal what has happened. Miraculous moments, tremendous things. I mean, supernatural provision, y'all. Millions of quail landing just to help their appetite. Oh, y'all are tired of manna? Well, here's some quail. God met them in the space of their grumbling. God met them in the space of their uh, 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 entitlement. God met them in the space of their fear. But at some point along the line, God could no longer put up with their insistence on declaring fear and their insistence of mediocrity and complacency. God was like, I'm just going to give you over to it. If you've wondered, if you're in a sin cycle, like, where's God? God's with you there. But he wants to partner with you in moving forward. And you step into his grace. Grace does not require, require earning. But grace does require some effort, y'all. It's not earning. I'm not earning anything. But it does require effort to move into it. And so God's meeting with Israel in this holy land. And he's trying to get them from Egypt into the promised land. And an 11-day journey, y'all know this story perhaps, it landed up taking 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know why? Here is why. They stepped into what they spoke out. Well, where did they speak it? I'm glad you asked. Numbers. Numbers 13, verse 26. Verse 26 now, the stage is set. Moses has said, listen, guys, 12 of you, one from every tribe is going to go into this land. And I just want you to scope it out. Check it out. Tell me what it's like. What do you see? What do you experience? What are the people like? Like, like are they stylish? Are they unstylish? Are they weak? Are they strong? And so they went and they saw, is there milk? Is there honey? Is there fruit? Is it good land? They came back, all 12 of them came back, and they began to give a report to Moses. And here's what happened. They came back to Moses and his right-hand man, Aaron, and the whole community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We obeyed you. Like, like we went into the land. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Boom. I don't know this. I might be superimposing, but like grapes the size of their head. 
Big, big, big fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, Caleb, Caleb is hearing a nuance to their words. Like, we don't pick it up in English, but I imagine being there, Caleb's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, here's the fruit, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. He hears them go from faith, promise, dreaming, excitement, passion, purpose, to hold on, hold on, Hold on. Shut it. Shut it. Shut up it. Mute. Mute. He silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up. We should go up. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. How do bad reports spread everybody? Imaginations? They somehow just float around in the sky and land on people? No. Words how bad reports are spread. Fear, complaining, concerned criticism. Got to check our hearts. Got to check ourselves. What are we speaking over our future? When God gives a dream, do we immediately list the reasons it cannot and will not happen? Caleb could see what was taking place. And he, I imagine he's thinking to himself, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. We are going to be stepping into what we are speaking. And these guys are hijacking the plan of God. These guys are hijacking the purposes of God. Can I tell you the tricks and traits of the enemy of your soul? It has not changed in 3,600 years. It's remained the same. That if the Lord talks you into it, better get ready because the enemy is going to talk you out of it if you're not careful. What God speaks, what God speaks, what God speaks, what God speaks is what we must lay hold of. And it don't, we don't just coast into it like sometimes, you know, I wish we had like that lazy river, lazy river kind of faith. Listen, there's plenty of rest for all of us. I'm not, rest is a place of promise, somebody. But how many of you know, you don't just rest into it, though. No, you have to lay hold of the promises and the purposes and the faithfulness of God over our lives and over your life. And what's so careful is we must, must recognize the significance, the significance of this. So they continue and they spread that bad report and they said, all of a sudden, the land we explored devours those living in it. They couldn't even mention the promises anymore. 
Notice, the fruit, not found. The honey, nowhere to be found. Milk, nowhere. No, no, no. All of a sudden, it begins with a negative. It begins with the concern. It begins with the brokenness. The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like, here it is, grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Are we speaking faith or are we speaking fear? Are we growing our capacity to see in faith or are we growing our capacity for what we see with fear? Is our first response prayer, trust, hope, and life speaking, or are we declaring disaster, negativity, complaining, and doubt? That's a question for yourself. Our words are leaving a paper trail of what's happening on the inside. And the same God who called Jeremiah and said, before you were born, I knew you. I called you by name. Declares the same thing over your life. That you're not just called to accidentally exist and hope for the best and and strive all your days to find meaning. No. Part of our maturing in Christ is that we begin to declare from his perspective over our life. That we begin to name things like Adam did in Genesis 2.20. There's power in our words, influence in our words. Another message title, which I did not use, is our words create worlds. There's a reality to that. Our influence of what we say can, here it is, change the climate that we're living in. I want you to see it. Part of you are wondering, am I going for a swim this morning? That's not going to happen. But as we hear the declarations that they made, and make no bones about it, they were making declarations. The milk, check. They got it. We got the milk in there. The honey, check. They got it. We're all on the same page. Fruit. We got it. We're all on the same page. But then, giants. Notice this about Caleb as he spoke. Did Caleb say the giants don't exist? No. Did Caleb try to discount and be like, yeah, you know, look, you were looking at their biceps, but here's the deal. I saw their triceps, not a lot there. So when they pull back, it's going to pack a little punch. But if, but if you had seen, their triceps aren't there. Or did he try to like say, yeah, 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 you know what? But here's the deal. I saw them. They're clumsy. They keep tripping over themselves. Or he's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. Listen, on a good day with the wind at our backs, we can take them. No, 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 no. He understood the giants exist in the land. And some of us are waiting for the giants to disappear. And they ain't disappearing on themselves. We have to take control of what's coming out. What are we speaking into the environment, over our lives, over our friendships, over our closest relationships. I'm preaching better than y'all are making noise to. I just know it deep down. But I'll take this ground by faith. It's okay. So the giants are there. And guess what? Guess what? We're not going to get to all those passages. But if you continue in Numbers 14, guess what the 10 removed Joshua and Caleb? Guess what the 10 experienced? 
They ended their days in that precise desert. Was God good to them? Yes. Was God gracious to them? Yes. Did God meet their needs? Yes. Did they experience the promised land? No. It's not a question of salvation. Not a question of experience God's grace or love over our life. It's a question of are we going to step into all that the Lord has for us in 2024? Am I willing to break the cycle of fear and intimidation and criticism and cynicism? Am I willing to change and allow the Holy Spirit, and as Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2, to let his word renew my mind so that, here's the deal, my words change the environment. Because here's what Joshua and Caleb saw. They saw the milk. Check. We've reached that point. They're good. They saw the honey. Check. They're good. They saw the fruit. But here's the deal. They saw the giants. But God was there too. God was there too. God was there too. I don't know how this financial issue is going to work out. I don't know. I don't know. I ain't saying deny the problem. I'm just saying get your order straight. God is bigger. Well, he's not doing things as fast as I like. Welcome to the party, pal. Well, well, listen, I show up to church with disappointments. Uh, if you thought we were trying to fool you, no. We all carrying a limp. We all carrying brokenness. We all carrying problems. But here's the deal. We refuse to be governed by the giants in the land, and we are returning to being governed by the Lord of the land. And the same Lord that got you through your past, he wants to get you from your present, and he wants to take you into your future. Some of you here, because you're... Well, I feel sacrilegious tearing that one out. Let me keep that. Here's the deal. But if you're waiting... At least wait well. At least wait well. At least refuse to let the problem speak louder than the promise. At least refuse to, if all you got is one song, just keep it on repeat. If all you got is one band, just keep it on repeat. If all you got is audio notes from a prophetic word given to you nine years ago, just keep listening. Keep promising. Keep declaring it over your life. Because here's the deal. Outside of these walls, I'm not speaking negatively. I'm just saying that the distractions, the cynicism, the problems, the negativity. Come on, it's too easy to coast. Come on, you know as well as I do. Negativity travels so fast. Life of the church. Life of family. Life of friendships. Why does it travel so fast? Because people open their mouths. But here's, here's, here's what the Lord's calling. Try not to lose sight of where I was originally going. Stepping into what I've been speaking into. It's not going to happen overnight. 
that faith will be tested, it will be tried, it will be put through the fire. But never lose sight, like as we sung, there's a fourth man in the fire with you. There's no place your foot will tread this year that God is not with you. And don't be surprised if the dream, it has some obstacles in the midst of it. Don't be surprised if, man, you felt like there was a breakthrough, and then the next month, you felt like there was a breakdown. Can I tell you, God's not intimidated by breakdowns, by brokenness. But I'll tell you, if you want the desert, you can gladly have it. That's one of the lessons in this story. If you want the wilderness, you, you can gladly have it. You have to pass through it. But one of the key dynamics of our faith is exercising our faith muscle. That's part of what fasting does. It's part of what prayer does. Gets us back to the promises of God. It brings us to our knees for the critical words we've let out of our mouth. It brings me to my knees for the fear that I've spoken. It brings me to my knees for the negativity that has come from my mouth like a poison to mix up the well. We posture our hearts with a place of repentance. God, change me. God, change me. I want what you have for me. I want the future you have for me. All I've ever heard is how I'll never measure up. This is a scenario, hypothetical. All I've ever heard is how I'm broken, how God can't do anything. Listen, don't be, a, don't be amazed when the voice of the accuser comes just after a great week with the Lord. Because his agenda has not changed. First Peter tells us, it says, man, the enemy of our soul is like a roaring lion. But can I tell you, he's not the lion of Judah. It's not the line of Judah and the word of God that is spoken over your life. I want to encourage you in this season, these 21 days to lay hold of the promises in and over your life. I got one step for you. Y'all were wondering where it was going to come from. But some of you knew in your worship guide. On the back of these 21 days of prayer and fasting. I've got a jump start. Josh, I like that analogy. I've got a jump start for declaring the truths, the promises God over your life. Speaking a word of God over your life. If you're asking when, I would say the beginning of your day. The middle of your day. The end of your day. For that matter, any time in between those three points as well. Because don't misread it. Stress is an outside job. Peace is an inside job. And some of us, myself included, have got to practice what we're speaking. And so the beginning of my day, you're like, what is the beginning of my day? This is a snapshot. There is a version online, hillsidechurch.us forward slash speak dash life that has a full throttle version, Okay. Some of you okay with that little 8-ounce Red Bull? Some of you know you need the 32-ounce Red Bull. Okay, this, you got the 8-ounce, but we got the 32-ounce online. Put it on your phone right there. Yeah, that's how much time I have left, so I'm moving quickly. <laughs> you put it on your home screen. 
put on your home screen, and you just click at the beginning of your day. You're like, but even before the coffee's there, I say these over my mind. I say these. I say this. I'm a child of God. I'm a spiritual contributor, not a spiritual consumer. I'm a faith-filled, life-speaking, fully devoted follower of Christ. I am Christ's ambassador. I am a masterpiece. I am chosen. I am determined to love God and people with everything I have. I am a child of God. I am joyful. I am gentle. I am not easily offended and will not hold on to bitterness. I am patient. I am faithful. I am self-controlled. I am kind. You're like, where are you getting that? Oh, you know, the word of God. All of them listed online as well. You'll see they're tethered to scriptures over your life. Some of you, you've been loving up some Jeremiah 29, 11. Amen to that. We got it on the walls. We got that everywhere. Keep it before you. Keep it before you. Keep it before you. Not on the mountain. Yes, in the valley and yes, on the hillside. Keep the promise of God before you. That is my only to do is do yourself a favor. These 21 days, the days you feel like it and not, declare the word of God over your life. Some of you, your breakthrough these 21 days is, is I am content. I am content. For some of you, I am joyful. I don't feel joyful. I am joyful. Despite my circumstances, if Paul can write about him in Philippians while he's chained to the desk in a Roman centurion, by golly, there's something there I need. And how do I begin to take that ground? I begin to declare it over my life, over promises on repeat. Because if you're anything like me, why, why am I so passionate about it? Because for far too long in my life, I've kept problems on repeat. The Lord is asking for us to keep promises, promises of God over our life in Jesus' name.